kind of vibe when we was in transients and and consequently we you know we did we just didn't do that many gigs because <laughs> there was no call for it because somebody else what was, was the call at that time when you were doing that what were people into you know that since you were you were not you know um people were into i, I suppose they would would have been into like the light the world central line yeah but you remember those guys we weren't recording tracks and putting them out because we were just young lenny do you know what i mean we were like young and just you know, coming through you know what it's also the sly and robbie sound was, was, was really was really going that you? to me. No, <laughs> dude and people want to get them, i've seen you do the phone has never ever rung it must be a busy one I don't know why it's ringing. It shouldn't be ringing for F's sake. But anyway, swear. interrupting my important interview. Gosh darn it. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, Sly and Robbie yeah. from Jamaica were having a big impact. Yes. You know, with dance music and, and, yeah. and that's that raga sound with dance influence and yeah. synthesizers. And that's right. You know, That's you right. have a few different types of well, they came in, coming they, together, you know? That, well, they came in with, again, you know, they even they explored that whole disco scene with Gwen Guthrie, right? Big you know, time. Oh, my God. Big time, which was, like, amazing. You know, you, you'd listen to Gwen Guthrie, you'd go, great track. Should have been you. And all that, ain't nothing going on. But the you go, and then you look at the production credits, you go, Sly and Robbie. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? what? Huh? What? How? Who? What? Reggae. Where? Reggae guys. And what? They're doing this? Those guys have gone clear. My goodness. They've gone clear. They've gone from reggae, proper, in Jamaica, to go just doing this the, the great disco soul vibe, which is amazing. And they did it really well. They did it exceptionally well. And also the success with Grace Jones. Let's not forget Grace Jones, that they because they, they did the I whole thing. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, they did all that as well, which is great. So they, you know, uh, they were really great musicians and they kind of explored that whole scene as well, you know. Um, but we were, like I said, we were young. We were young. We, you know, what did we know about? We just about, you know, we tried to get signed to an agency. No hope. That was <laughs> dead loss. Can you explain that to someone that is talking about agents now? Okay, so an what agent... What did an agent do for you then? And what would they say to someone like you, you guys? So an agent back in the day would have been uh, someone that came to see you play, either at your rehearsal or come to a gig. Um, and if they thought you were good enough, they'd, they'd sign you up and get you gigs. Which just means, it just means you ain't got to do all the donkey work trying to find gigs, essentially. <laughs> you know, uh, trying to force people to put you on their gigs and, and stuff like that. You know, the, they would be like the, the middle person. They'd just go out and find your gigs, whether it be in a pub or, or supporting a major act or, right, right. you know what I mean? Playing in a wine bar uh, or playing at a private party, even, you know, anything like that, you know, um, that's what that, that's what they would do. That's what they would do. And because the music that we did was quite specific, it was hard for them to market us. Essentially, they couldn't find a place for you, right? 
No, no, because you know what you, you're going to hear. You go and listen to jazz funk, which is like we had some, which had some kind of complicated bits in it at a wedding. No, it's not going to work. You know, it's just not going to work. <laughs> and then the club scene was playing dance music, kind of like electro at that time, and a mixture yeah. of American stuff with the English, British, you know, the more yeah. British funk. But funk. So if you're not in that scene lane, that's yeah. a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, exactly. So we, you know, obviously it consequently didn't quite work out. And so we, you know, we disbanded to, to be honest, we just disbanded because it wasn't quite working. And, you know, and like you said, you know, like you said, you mentioned earlier, some people went and got regular jobs. Some people carried on the music you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but I, what kind of, but what kind of devotion or should I say sacrifice does it take to see the light at the end of the tunnel to mm. stay with something like this? This is what people understand. They always see the gold medal at the end. They don't know what it took to get the gold. You know what I'm saying? They don't get that part. That part's the ugly part. I call it the ugly sister's time. It's like, you don't want to know me during that time. That's not a time you really want to know me. So the grafting part. <laughs> In such a nice way, yeah, the grafting part. Work, working, to get, working to get to the end goal, correct. Yeah. So, in my, you know, I'll be honest with you, um, <laughs> Lenny. In my mind, all I wanted to be was a drummer. That's all I ever wanted to be, just a drummer. Eat, beat, breathe, repeat, drumming. Drums. That was it. Drums, 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 drums. And to the point, obviously, when I started working, um, albeit Marks and Spencer's, that was my first ever job. Um, I'd start, I'd always get a job where I started early in the morning and finished by, say, two o'clock, latest. I wouldn't go past one o'clock. To work till two o'clock would be overtime for me at any place. So I'd start at six or five and then I'd go and then I'd work until one o'clock and then I'd go home. Ooh. One o'clock in the afternoon. One o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then I'd go home and I'd practice. And that would be my day. And for many, many years, I did that. Whatever, and I, I must have went through about three jobs. Always starting early doors. Always starting early doors. Always. And that was a sacrifice that I made, basically. And there was one job I did, only one job that I ever did where I didn't do where I kind of had to work a full day. And that was when I was working for an old school electrical company called Rumbelows, who did like TVs, fridge freezers, you know, like electrical outlet store. And I'd worked in the delivery department, delivering washing machines, fridge freezers, TVs, da da da, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'd start at half seven, but not finish till five. And I did that for about a year and a half. I thought, sod this for a game of soldiers. I can't do my drumming. I can't do anything. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm stopping. So I stopped and left. <laughs> did you get your two? Did you get in the luckily the two weeks notice, or you just said I'm out? I just I gave my notice. I gave, I gave my notice. I had to work for a month, <laughs> which was the longest month ever. That was the longest month. I was just like, can I just leave this place? It's drive me up the wall. So, uh, you know, eventually I left. Um, and, and so then, of course, you know, that gave me time to, uh, to practice full time whilst I was looking for other work. 
you know right um so i practiced a bit but but then also what i was doing was putting my name out there more to say that i was more available to do sessions see okay do you know what i mean so i kind of made i used my time productively so to speak you know what i mean calling my mates up any jobs uh, sessions duh, 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 let me know let me know that kind of thing you know um um so you know and i did that for a while you know but, but also a good way to get it's also a good way for me to get to practice my the chops and get my hi-hat and groove work up up and running and everything you know um and see now when when did i join when did i join candyland so we're talking like maybe late 80s now late 80s i got another job at marks and spencers eventually early mornings starting at six finishing at one brilliant i couldn't i couldn't you can't make it up it was fantastic i loved it and i'd come home i practice and my friend worked at a rehearsal studio and said he called me up he says oh derek this band they need a drummer come along for the audition because he told him that you know that i got a friend he needs you need to hear him he's gonna whack it out for you yo no, dude, you got to get down here now. They want to hear you now. You'd have no cell phone back then, right? <laughs> it was like answering machine at home. Wait, wait, wait. You couldn't even find a red telephone box, no less than a fax machine. You didn't even have a fax machine at home yet. No fax machine. I think, I, I think we had an answering machine. Uh, so I picked up the message in an answering Beep. I'm not here. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> no. So who's this band you're going to go and try out for? So this band is called, uh, they're called Candyland. Candy. Which is uh, like a... Everybody write that down. Candyland, everybody. Candyland, yeah. Uh, uh, with myself, Deed Osman, Felix, David Ayres, and Colin Payne. There's like a five-piece band, four or five-piece band. And it was, the music was like indie dance. Essentially, it was indie dance. That's what it was. It had a rocket, more like a rock edge. Yeah, it was kind of based on like the Pixies, the Cure, uh -huh. that kind of vibe, but with dance beats. Okay. Yeah, but with dance beats behind it. So, um, you know, I did the audition for that band um, at a place called Terminal Studios down in London Bridge, um, which was a massive complex. It's like more room than, I don't know. It was just like a really big, massive place with all these big studios in. But it was great, you know. Uh, I just went in there and then just did, did the audition um, and, you know, got the job and just started playing with that band. And, you know, we did, we did an album. Um, and we, oh, sorry, no, tell her, go back a bit. We got signed. So we did the gigs. That's it. We started doing gigs. Now, these guys, they, they really grafted. They actually went out there, found gigs, um, knew a couple of people in the industry. Like back then, we had a magazine called Melody Maker. Don't know if it's, don't know if you know it. Oh, I remember that. I think I remember Melody Maker, that. like old oh, school. We're going yeah. back now, like a newspaper, Melody Maker, <laughs> old school. And you know, <laughs> musicians and stuff, the one ads in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drummer needed, bassist needed, da 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 da, all that kind of stuff. Ate with food and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it was um it's, so you know they'd actually contact the people of like melody maker uh people at record companies they'd like to send demos off to record companies like loads of them do you know what i mean you know demos that were made from our rehearsal they just send them off you know um and you know we got you know we actually got some interest from those from those tapes and we started doing a residency in um south southeast london can't remember the name of the place now it's a, a good pub though we'd play there every friday every friday night every friday night we'd play there and it was it was a great gig really good gig because we'd rehearse in the week go and do that gig on a friday and then go back to rehearsing in the week because you know i'd obviously i'll be working six till one and then there'll be rehearsals in the afternoon two till i don't know six or whatever then on a friday we'd go and gig so it was great kind of work kind of all fell into place it was actually quite nice and yeah. that went on for how long how long oh, you gosh, yeah, that, that went on for quite a few years because we did the album with a guy called do you know a producer called phil chill no i don't know phil i'll tell you i'll tell you what album he did he did the massive attack album oh yeah i remember that album do you know the first album so he That's produced great. that album did all the programming and stuff all that all that um so we serious kit so he had a serious kit he knew what he was he doing was a, he was a proper proper cat as we say <laughs> he was a serious producer knew all his stuff um uh worked with a guy called jeremy allen who mixed that that uh safe from harm he phil did that safe from harm album so all those famous tracks phil did all that programming and stuff uh and then jeremy jeremy allen did all the mixing um and it was we were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is really, really good. Uh, did the album. It did okay. I can't complain. You know, it did okay. Um, and we managed to get a six-week American tour out of it, actually. Um, yeah, we managed to get a six-week American wow, tour. Wow, good for you. Uh, supporting a, a band called, oh gosh, Oh, I can't remember the name of the band, to be honest. Oh, but they were like Nine Inch Nails, basically. That kind you of. You dated tour America. So we, I toured America, like kind of. Tell a story. So did you go on the boat to come to America? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were things called planes at that point, there, Lenny. <laughs> you come over from. You didn't come over to stay at Johnstown with the Mayflower. You came over with the train with the plane. You came over in a black cab. Um, <laughs> so we yeah so we came over and so wait wait before i even take you any further the thought of coming to america did you feel like oh my god we made it now a little bit actually <laughs> yeah because yeah, i want to know we're about really that excited we're really I excited you were because i saw the movie of um uh what's the name of the band freddie mercury oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. and he's the first time he gets called to come to America, you could see the excitement in their faces, the glee of like, we made it. We're in America. Like, yes, you know, we're touring. So tell us the story about that. Oh, that was great. That do you know what, what an experience that was. That was a really good experience. So obviously, you know, we were support band. We weren't the main band. So we were, we were support band you know, whatever funds we made, we used it to finance getting over there. Um, uh, and then we had to hire. Oh, in fact, what we did was we shared 
the transportation, like the, the logistics with the band, with the main band. So we'd hired drum kits. It's not drum kits, drum kit. So we had a drum kit. Was I sponsored by then? I'm trying to think. Was I sponsored? No, I wasn't sponsored by then. So we'd hire a drum kit. We'd get the amps. The guys came with their guitars and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And then we'd just, we'd just get on this. We'd had a van, one of those, an SUV. That's what you call it. What you call an SUV, right? So, so we had an SUV, which we hired, which we drove ourselves around America in. And we drove around America in an SUV for hours on end from city to city to city. Yeah, like that. How does that work? How does that work? This is America, this is America today because everybody's happy about the uh, presidential election. Tell them, no, go away. Yeah, you need to turn that buzzer off. Right, so you know what happens is the Apple phones, everyone, you know, we love Apple. Here's the problem. When you have a Mac and you have a phone and you have a laptop, everything is, you put your Google name in and everything syncs up. So oh, you, well. you're hitting the X on the phone and it's still coming up. So anyway, you're driving around the United States of America. So we're doing like New York. We're doing LA. We're doing Richmond. You're doing, you're, you're driving through the whole United States. Yep. We're Coloradoing. We're Denver. We're, 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 we're just everywhere. We're everywhere. First of all, hang on. As an Englishman, Brought up in the English system, in New York. background. What's the culture shock like for you going to this to America at that time? Um, the culture shock. Do you know what? We 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 loved it. <laughs> to be honest, we loved. We actually we loved being in America. We just loved it, you know, because the culture was great. The music, obviously, the music was there. And we were just big time big time music people anyway you know we'd go out and record shop san francisco we did do you know what i mean you know we're days off in san francisco which is amazing culture shock not really not much of a culture shock to be honest very similar to england very similar to london to be honest just on a very much bigger scale in everything from buildings to food. No, nobody understands that in England. They're like, <laughs> they come to America, they think New York City is America. It's like, that's not America. That's just one piece. That's, that's a small part of America. <laughs> we did Dallas as well. We did Dallas as well. So it was really good. It was a, um, a really good experience for us. Really good experience. You know, we did, um, yeah, so we did the six weeks playing at these clubs, which, uh, which you know, capacities were anything from, 200 to like 500, you know, so, and it was good. It was great. It was really good fun. We did, uh, and we, so, and then I think the only Chicago, we were driving from, oh my gosh, where were we driving from? We were driving from LA, was it, was it Miami to Chicago? I think Miami to Chicago. I think we were driving. That's a long trip too. Yeah. It's a very long trip on the road. Very long trip. Uh, and this one, so we're heading towards the last gig now. We're heading towards the last gig. This isn't the story here. So we're driving along. It's the night time. Driving along. It's winter. So driving along. Do, 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 I'm driving the. I'm driving the SUV. Do, do. Music's playing. Everybody's sleeping in the back. Do, 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 do. And all of a sudden, I hit black ice. 
damn. I'm like going, oh no. And the car starts doing this. Sorry. It's it's swerving. Swerving. This. Oh my God. And and then I'm in in this SUV. And of course, you know, when you turn it a little bit, it kind of takes a bit of time to react. So I'm like, turning <laughs> like a boat. It. it's like a boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm turning it, it. It's going swinging to the it's swinging to the left, and I'm turning it to the right, and it, but it's still going left. <laughs> and I'm like going, oh my gosh, this is not good. And I can just see this whole thing unfolding, this whole scene unfolding. So I'm now going. Now it gets to the point where I'm. And now I'm actually going to lose control. So what happens is the the, but the SUV then goes down into like a ditch, goes into like a little small ditch and rolls. Everybody's in the back sleeping. Luckily, they've all got their uh, uh, seatbelts on. We've rolled seven times, Lenny. We've rolled like seven times. Now, ladies and gentlemen, he was worried about what he was going to share with us. I've been waiting for the juicy part to come. This is about as juicy. You're driving in America on your way from yeah. Miami. Let's recap this real quick. Miami to Chicago. Yeah. You hit black ice. Yeah, black ice. How fast were you going in this SUV? Uh, I don't know. 60. Right, you're doing the average speed limit. Yeah, average speed. I wasn't, I wasn't doing like... And then you hit like the, the car starts to swerve, and then you drop into a ravine, and I'm yeah. assuming from the angle of the ravine, yes. it goes right over. Oh, right, and keeps on rolling, basically. <laughs> keeps on rolling. So? So, so, that, so we're like now, oh, my goodness, because we've got a tour manager as oh well. Oh, my goodness. You're probably like, oh... <laughs> Christ Almighty, we almost died. Everybody. Oh my goodness. You ain't seen you're like you probably sitting like this. Look at the truck going, I don't believe we're alive right now. I didn't want to overdramatize it, but I have a anyway. stories. This is not this is not BBC. It's not oh my goodness territory. This is oh this is B this is true house story. You must traumatize for ratings here. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we ended up basically our tour manager who, who was with us ended up uh obviously calling nine one one. Now there was uh, no funny stuff in the car, right? No smell of hashish. No, no. No, you're no. driving, you're fine. But what time of night was this? Gosh, this is like maybe two in the morning or something. That's what did you happen to be were you fully awake, aware, or were you kind of yeah. like No, I was fully awake. Tired, you know. Sometimes we drive tired, you lose a little bit. No, wasn't tired. It just was just pure black ice. Wow. Pure black ice. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. That's tough. I actually had to take over driving because our tour manager who was driving was he was tired. So I took over driving from him, basically. So he could have a rest and then carry and then he would carry on the rest of the journey. You know, consequently. So now the car's been rolled over seven times, and the tour I mean, manager is looking. The bit, there's a bit, a bit injured. His shoulders hurting. This, this yeah, that, yeah. and the other. Do you know what I mean? We've had to call the ambulance. Um, we've got taken to uh, like a hospital. We've all been checked out. Everybody's fine. Just the tour manager's injured. That's it, really. Everybody else was fine. And uh, we I, can I, go on. The band can so play. The band can go on. Um, and the. Uh, so the the band who we were actually playing with the support the support uh, sorry the the main band they actually turned their bus around and came and picked us up from the hospital. They, the driver turned his bus around and came back 
to where we oh, were. Oh, the main bit from Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the band that was similar to Nine Inch Nails, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. They, they, I mean, turned, they turned around and came back and got us and picked us up and, and took us to Chicago. In fact, no, they didn't take us to Chicago because the gig had to be cancelled for whatever reason. The, the gig had to be cancelled. So we went back. He drove us all the way back to New York, believe it or not. I believe so we, it. He drove us all the way back to New York where the following day we got on the plane and came back to London. I was going to ask you probably JFK you were going to, right? Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was a story. and the, um, But... You know, we were very, uh, very lucky, very lucky indeed, to be honest. Very, very lucky. Um, and, you know, thank God, you know, I'm still here to tell the story, to be honest. So, yeah, but all the viewers are going, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, nobody expected. Yeah. They were kind of like at the wheel. They were dozing over and heard accident. Everybody went, what? <laughs> yeah. So that, that was that, that was the Candyland. Uh, that's my Candyland story. Um uh, and then, you know, the band carried on for a while. You know, we still did gigs up and down the up and down England, up and down the UK, you know, everywhere, you know, but we, and it was great. The, the album did well. We did a, some great gigs. Um, do you remember who was in that other band? The one that you were doing in America? Do you remember any of the players in the other band? Yeah, I know you don't remember the name of the band, but did you know anybody from the, the A band that you follow? You guys? Oh, were uh, the, the name of the band was called... Uh, I think they pronounce it Die Warsaw or something like that. They were like, um, they're like Nine Inch Nails. What's that? What's that music? What's that music called? I don't Rash know. Rash or, you know. No, no. They're like, it's that. What it is. Heavy metal. It's, it's, heavy metal. it's like heavy metal, but with, with programmed beats. Yes. And, like, and triggered and triggered sounds, basically. And triggered sounds. So they trigger snare sounds, kick drum sounds. It's when there's like the, the Simmons and all that. Elise's drum kit and all that kind of stuff came out. They were using all the pads and sequences. The drummer was like, he was great. He would like hit the pad and it would just set off a sequence of <laughs> events. <laughs> you just go, whoa. And he'd be like, and then he'd start hitting the drums and it'll be just this mighty sound coming from the drums, all electronic. Though. So, more, so basically more of an industrial sound. Industrial. That's, that's the, that's the type of music it is. It's very industrial. Got it. Now I understand very, it. Yeah. We're triggering pads, playing yeah. drums, but the, the pads are sequenced. Sequenced. Yeah. Like give you it's that feeling the rhythm. Sound. The rhythm is pushing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's using, uh, little triggers on the drums to trigger sounds and stuff like that. So yeah, but uh, you know, I don't envision this from you. Like I don't envision you have playing with Candyland being like industrial <laughs> sounding. Well, I don't. Nor, nor did we. But you know, we were asked to support this band in in America. Um, and how was it received when you did the openings and everything? It was great. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good because it still had that dance element to it, you see, because we had we had sequences as well. So that was like my first um, uh, first experience of playing with technology, clicks, loops, triggering samples, all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, it was it was received really well because it wasn't as heavy as uh, uh, as, as that industrial thing. It was more the dancier side of it. It was more the dance side of it. And that's what kept sure. it cool so you could go and see the package 
So we're enjoying the fact that we know you like to dance. So I'm assuming that even this is not really categorized dance, mm. but it's given you a place that you can still funk out, you know, rock yeah. out and do your exactly. thing. Exactly. Exactly. Do you remember that band? I tell you who we were similar to. We were similar to, remember that track, Unbelievable. 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 Yeah, I remember. Like that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff we're doing. Indie dance. Let me tell you what they categorize that here in America. They used to call it dance orientated rock, D-O-R. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what exactly what it was. The dance rock sound. Yeah, the dance orientated rock sound. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it is. And it was, you know, it was really, really I just really enjoyed my time with the band. I really enjoyed my time with the band. You know, we just did the one album. We did the tour. You know, it went well. And then, of course, you know, the band disbanded. Of course, like every band. So let me ask you this question. This is what I've been told about drummers and bands, rock bands. They always tell me that they got the worst ego. Is that true? No. You don't understand what I mean by that. Like, another drummer feels, without me, there is no band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a myth it's a myth i've always heard that from guys with bands they would myth. tell me and they me the drummer's got an ego from here to, <laughs> here to, to japan dude and it's all about him <laughs> no no well uh, <laughs> maybe in some bands i don't know but um you know i just think I suppose it's just down to attitude, isn't it? Really? I mean, I mean, I play drums because I love music. And so I like- You're a music guy. I got that. Because I've heard yeah. radio shows. We know that you're a muso. Yeah. You love music. I get it. Yeah. That's me. I love music always. Do you know what I mean? So, and I just do. And, you know, we don't, no, we don't have- But you know what I'm talking about? There's drummers out there that you just know their air. They just, they think who the hell they are. Yeah. You yeah, can't tell them nothing. Imagine you say, yo, dude, you're a little offbeat or something. They'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, are, there are some drummers out there like that. And um, if, you, if you can be, if anybody's going to get criticized first, it will be the drummer. I guarantee you. The drummer will always be the first to get criticized. The drummer will always be the first to be sacked. Well, that's true because in the band yeah. Chicago, I yeah. saw the story too. Yeah. Now they all made that band together. <laughs> One day they all got together and they voted him out. Yeah, there you go. Why? Yeah. Because he couldn't do the timing tight enough with the changes like you were talking about with the industrial stuff. His when his turns came around, right? And he wrote those songs and they voted him out. So it's outrageous, isn't it? It's out- created the band. Outrageous. And he you- created the band. <laughs> It's not like it's not like he was born after. He was the band. Chicago was him and the guitar player and the other guy. They see you gotta go. Gotta go. You can't keep time. You gotta go. We voted you out. Imagine that. That's just nuts. That sounds like band politics. Yeah, because here's the deal. They wanted him to be so dead on like a metronome to the to the click track. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Go take lessons. Came back. They tried him out. It still sounded good, but he wasn't tight enough for them. Wow. Wow. Nuts. That's just nuts. Well, what can I say? So Candyland ends. Candyland ends. I then do go back to doing session work, doing bits of bobs, da-da-da-da-da. 
you know um and then what who do i join after that i did join another band called it was a pop band freaky realistic <laughs> they were great i thought you're gonna tell me something fanzini or something i was like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> there was a band called freaky, freaky realistic but i was used as session i was just a session for that band. session guy yeah i was a session guy for that band so i was just i was just about we've got a gig here turn up play blah blah rehearsals da, 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 that kind of thing so i was with them for a while um i don't know maybe six months or something maybe a, not even a year i think maybe six months eight okay. months okay they did they were just a pop, pop gang the pop band there was a uh, a japanese girl in it uh, uh a rapper from canada and uh a singer uh singer songwriter from southeast london um and again great band great songs really good sounded fantastic again band politics and that went sideways royally do you know what i mean so you know you just go what is going on why can't people just get on make music you're into this for music just do it just play music and enjoy it right and get into the whole insult this that da, 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 da. do you know what i mean you know but anyway people don't understand it but see but they don't unless you're in band life and session with they don't know this all that goes on nobody knows this stuff i know i know they see you going like this one two you know and, and boom they, they don't know what went on how many fights broke out before that got to the one two three four right yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, luckily before shows that never happened, but you know, at times it got a little bit heated. Let's put it that way. <laughs> In a nice, nice way of putting it, right? Yeah. Got a little bit heated. Yeah. Um, Discussions so, yeah. real serious to the point where people are going to be almost fired. But, well, it got physical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's heated enough. <laughs> right? You're like, whoa. That's Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's no need for that. You know what I mean? I will uh, kick your behind. It was like, well, what? You're just like, oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, they disbanded, consequently, right? Uh, and then after that, Lenny, I then joined a band called Urban Species. So now we're coming closer towards the whole. That's okay. We're taking us on the Wikipedia trip. Come on now. <laughs> so I joined. Um, uh urban species which is a uh, which was a, a a rap a rap outfit signed to talking loud in the uk Charles peterson everyone talking Eggs. loud norman j that's it talking loud records. Norman's, norman's my guy love norman, norman j who has been on this show and is a big support yes. of, <laughs> of true house stories love, love norman he's proper he's proper tell us so tell us about that so joining um so I had to do an audition for, uh, for urban species and, uh, and the bass player, uh, a guy called Joss, he asked me, what am I doing? I said, not a lot. Cause I just stopped working with freaky realistic. So I'm just at home practicing what you're doing. He says, look, there's a couple of songs here. Learn these songs. We've got an audition cause they look the, the rap, the, um, the band are looking for a rhythm section, bass, drums, guitar. So Joss, who was the bass player, uh, and then uh, Yogan was a guitar player who I'd known from before, uh, and then myself on drums. Uh, and we just, and I just stayed at home, learnt the songs. We went to a rehearsal. 
had a rehearsal, about one rehearsal, learnt the songs, great. Uh, turned up for the audition with the band, with the rap band, um, with with uh, Peter and the rest of the guys. And uh, and we got the job. I said, you guys sound great. Fantastic. Let's do, we're going to do some gigs. There's some things planned, tours, da, 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 but we'll keep you informed. And, um, and we, you know, we just started doing some like UK shows. I think we started doing Europe. Uh, did we do UK? Yeah, we did UK shows like universities and things like that. Cause they were already signed. Right. So they were already signed to, they had an agent, they had manager. In fact, their manager was the first manager of the original manager of incognito. So it was, the, so it was the same company. Right. Marshall management or something. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, they were good. They were actually all right. Found them lots of gigs, uh, up and down the country, you know, Leeds, Bradford, Birmingham, Manchester, Glasgow, London, Southampton, Cart, you know, everywhere. Wow, they're working them. They're working from sea to shining sea. <laughs> yeah. Much yeah. like sea. Yeah, from doing, doing you know, the ballrooms, everything. doing the bars, you're doing everything. Yeah, everything. They did it. They did it all, you know. Uh, and then they managed to land themselves a university tour. Yeah, it's another big t- part of it. You do the university. is huge. Huge for them. It was student nights. Massive. And, I mean, they really, and what a, you know, it, that was great. And then that, that tour kind of led, because they were touring all the time, so it was great, you know. Uh, and they were, and then from that university tour, so going for like the big tours, big uni, unis like Birmingham, Coventry, Glasgow, you know, Bournemouth, really big unis, uh, London, um, uh, universities in London. Um, they ended up doing a European tour from that. It just moved on to a European tour and ended up doing Europe for like however long. Wow. Four weeks or something four weeks in Europe, traveling around in a splitter van and doing, uh, doing these shows. So there was like myself, Joss, um, uh, Yogan, Cesare was doing BVs. Then there was Peter on main rapper. Uh, there was an, Oh God, I can't remember. I can't remember everybody. Anyway, there's about eight of us all together. And they even had a dancer, what they called a vibes man. And all he would do was dance and get the vibes and get the, get the crowd up and hyped up and everything. He was great. He was really cool. Slim. They called him. Oh gosh. Is it slim foot or something like that? But he was great. He was a great dancer. Um, but yeah, really good times, really had great times with them actually. And, and just, do you know what? That was actually one of the, um, what I had, that was my first time in actually doing programming for a tour. So like programming all the electronics. So having a sampler with putting samples into a sequencer and doing all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, and then when they wanted tracks to like join on together, you know, you'd have to do all the time changes and all that kind of stuff. And I'd never done it before. So I had to sit down. I don't know, you're good with equipment, right? You're good with equipment. So do you remember the Roland MC50? Sequence? Oh, sure I do. A little micro composer. Yeah, I remember it now. When she's in my components, it's big. A lot of drummers use that because it's on a little stand, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
So we used a, a Roland MC50 and, it, and you didn't have no, uh, and with, together with a sampler, uh, like an Akai or I don't know, it would be a, a one, a S1000 or something like that, you know, and we just like, and I just programmed the whole show. I programmed the whole show. Looking at the manual, I'll be like, in the manual, look at the manual. So how do you go from one song to another, do the time changes and everything? It was all that kind of stuff. And I just, I did it in about, I don't know, two weeks, did the whole show from song one to the end. It was great. I was really proud have of it. Did you ever have, have, have a problem with the sequence live where it didn't, where you had a reset or something happened? That sequencer, no, because that sequencer was really robust, extremely robust. That's I mean, a horrible moment to have where it's just, you don't have the thing locked Honestly, up. it's the worst thing ever. Worst thing. And because it's rap music, so there was a lot of loops involved. Right. And they wanted the loops from the record and then I'll be playing live on top of the yeah, loop. That's what makes it sound like the tracks that yeah. people can actually, because no matter how good you are, exactly. it never sounds like impeach the president. Exactly. You know, the, the, the loop of impeach the president. <laughs> yeah, it's got that sound and everything. So they want that seven precious sound, yeah. and they want that sound to be part of their night in exactly. the experience. Exactly. So I ended up just getting all the samples from the album, took what we needed, as opposed to just taking everything and then just sequencing it, and then just you know sequencing it out and everything. It was great. It's cool. It worked really well. Program changes, whatever was needed. Good man. I was like, just working it out, man. He's like, he's got it, baby. He's got it. Like, Great, Derek. You're, you're a Derek, you're a star, man. You're a star. <laughs> no, it was good. That was a really good experience. And, you know, it brought, and it kind of brought me more into that kind of technical world of drama. These guys were British hip hop, right? Yeah, British, British hip hop. No, yeah. It was not like the American gangsters in a sense. Oh, oh my gosh. No, they were like, uh, what we know, what we call. Acid jazz. They're like from that acid jazz. No, let, me, let me get right what I mean by American gangsters. So Parliament, <laughs> the band, you know, George Clinton. <laughs> George Clinton had two buses. <laughs> the Parliament bus and then the X's bus. Uh, <laughs> oops. That's what I'm talking about. So this band had two buses. Wow. Let me say it one more time. Bus with the current and the bus and, and the, the X's. <laughs> That's some gangster. That's proper. Keep That's them proper funk. One nation <laughs> under a group. There was no one nation with this. <laughs> two nations, two buses. <laughs> two nations, two buses. Look it up, everybody. George Clinton's no joke. <laughs> That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. That's why I was asking you, is it going to be like, you know, like Tupac? Is it going to be like, oh, the, no. you know, <laughs> with the gangs, you know, L.A., oh. L.A. Raiders jackets, New York, you know, it's like it, it, they got it got kind of fresh <laughs> like up. <that>. In the <laughs> Did it get like that? No, it was nothing like clean that. cut, clean cut. type tracks. <laughs> no violence, no nothing like that. <laughs> no, it was actually you know, it's really good. And, you know, this stuff was the lyrics were great. Um, the music was fantastic. The vibe in the band was brilliant, you know, and, um, and, you know, consequently <laughs> I would been, I'd been with them for, because they used to listen to hip hop all the time. I mean, like 24 seven, it'll be 
uh, Far Side, Tribe Called Quest. Um, who's the other guy? Oh God! Anybody rap? Naz. Um, Public Enemy. Public Enemy. Just they'd listen to it all the time, and I'd be like, "Can we just play something else?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm literally like this in the bus, like, "Can we just play something else?" No, man. You know what? This is really good, man. We're going to play this. I'm like, all right, cool. Do you know what I mean? It's fine. <laughs> uh, anything. Please, anything. Anything. But um, I never got, I, to be honest, I never got sick of it. I just kind of just dealt with it. But it opened up my eyes to rap music and beats and stuff like that and playing those beats live and all that. You know, so it was good. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed my time. Um, whilst with that band... What happened, I went to a barbecue. We had a break, went to a barbecue, and I happened to meet a guy called Simon Law. Do you know Simon Law? I know the name. Producer for Soul to Soul. Yes. All the early stuff. Keep on moving, don't stop. Back to life. All that kind of stuff. He produced like the beats and did all that kind of stuff together with uh, Jazzy and all those guys. Was that when my friend Rose was with the band, Rose Windross? Norris's no. Bro, Norris's sister. No. She came in after. Came in after, okay. She came in afterwards, yeah. She's a great yeah. singer too. Yeah, she's an amazing singer. Well, amazing. Rose Windross, you out there too then, girl. Yeah, we, we love Rose. We love Rose. She did a thing with Stevie Taylor, right? Yes. With Stevie Taylor, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. So I met Simon. I said to Simon, look, if you get any sessions, because I knew he was the producer of Soul to Soul, so I thought this could be a way for me to get in on that kind of scene. I said, there's my number. Give us a shout. Let me know. Let me know. Please, keep I me gave in him the number. <laughs> so I've given him the number. That was on the Sunday at the barbecue. And on Wednesday, I get a phone call from a guy at EMI Music. Um, and he says, oh, uh, I got your number from Simon Law. And uh, he says that, you know, you're, you're, you're a good drummer and we'd, we'd like you to audition for a band. I'm like, okay, cool. Right, yeah. What's the name of the band? And he says, Jamiroquai. And I went, I've never heard of him because I actually hadn't heard of him. So they'd had this, they'd had this one uh, this one album out, but I didn't know. All I saw was the Buffalo Man, but didn't know who it was, what it was all about, or anything. And he and he said, "Yeah, look, come and audition for the band. You know, I'll give you the, I'll give Kevin your number. Kevin's a manager at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll go along to and just go along to the auditions. So I'm now in, I'm now, I'm now starting to rehearse with Urban Species for another tour." And I get the call to do the audition for Jamiroquai. So at the end, so <clears throat> I've had to say to Kevin, look, Kevin calls me. He goes, when can you come? I went, oh, whenever. He goes, can you come on Wednesday? I went, yeah, but I am rehearsing with another band. I could come afterwards though. <laughs> so I, I did the rehearsal with the band that day and then went off to, um, and then went to this audition. I'd learned the song and luck- luckily the week before I'd been given the album by a friend of mine who said, listen to this music. It's really cool. And so I listened to it, you know, when you're going to learn emergency on planet earth, uh, all those kind, you know, the, the hits, 
basically. Uh, I just listened to it and thought, oh, yeah, I see where this is going. I really, you know, I like the vibe, but I, it's just, but there's something that doesn't quite sound right. And I'm in my car, like, thinking this. This is prior to the audition. Done the So I'm, I'm now listening to this stuff on the way to the audition. And the, the guy, and I get into the audition. All right, I meet Toby, Stuart, and Wallace. That's who was there at the time. Anyway, so we're jamming out, playing. We've, we've done all the tracks, Emergency, When You're Gonna Learn, Too Young to Die, and whatever other ones there were. Um, the Kids, I think was the other. might have been The Kids or something like that we played. And, and, as of, and that, whilst we're playing, this guy's come in and stood at the back of the room. And we're like just playing along, jamming away. And I'm really enjoying myself, getting into the vibe. A guy comes up to me. He goes, hello, mate, you all right? I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, I'm Jay. I went, oh, nice to meet you. But not knowing he was the singer. So I've just now met the guy that's singing on, the, singing on all these tracks. And I actually didn't know it was him. That was, that was weird. Can I, can I break in and say something to you? Yeah. And please, everybody, don't cane me with your sticks. <laughs> but before I knew this was even a man, I thought it was a woman singing. <laughs> I'm going to cane no, you. No, not in a bad way, because <laughs> no, the register was so high. It's so high, that's right. I yeah. never saw it, because I was getting the 12 inches, and I only heard, emergency on planet Earth, what yeah, you yeah. got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was all up in that, in that female high. register. And I know when he speaks... He's way deeper. It's way down. That's but right. his register's so high. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And so I didn't quite, I, I couldn't quite, I just, it didn't click. Because I, I didn't know the, the name of the singer. I just knew there was a Buffalo man that sang these tracks and didn't know. And there was some, someone that sang the tracks. Was it was him? I didn't know. That's how stupid people are. The siege happened in Washington. The guy's wearing a buffalo, and they're saying, "There's Jay from Jamiroquai." How stupid that was! I couldn't believe it. Nuts. That's just nuts. I said, "That's not him. That's not him." And that would have been him 25 years ago. He wouldn't look like that now. <laughs> Some people, man, they're just like just out off their minds. Do you know what I mean? Off their minds. <laughs> so, um, ego. Anyway, we kept on rehearsing and I must have did that. I must have done that audition. I was in that audition. Literally, we did, uh, must have been there for about two to two and a half hours. Well, what they have you do, you know, you know, you say audition. Did you have to learn the songs to just get up and jump and play them? Or did they want you to freestyle along with them? What was the deal with that? So... When I first got into the audition, what I did was I played the tracks that they asked that they asked me to play, which were basically the hits. Do you know what I mean? So I played the hits, but of course, you know, I I played them in the way as they were on the record. But of course, my touch is different to the previous drummer. I play heavier, I play harder. Do you know what I mean? So I've got more of a solid beat behind what is going on. So. Um, and you know, respect to Nick, the previous previous drummer before and me. Nick, who, what was it? What was his surname? Nick. Nick, Nick Van Gelder, who's a. You know what? He's got. He's a great drummer. He's a very good drummer. Why did they replace him? You ever find out? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, because that's a tough thing to do when you got 
when you have a, a, a winning formula, not to say that you can't bring it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the full story. Do you know, I just know that the, the drummer wasn't there anymore and I got asked to come along to do that. And that's as far as I know. So I've just come in and just done the audition, you know, and I did t- like two hours. Could you imagine like Eddie Van Halen's band has David Lee Roth as that singer and now he's fired and they bring in Sammy Hagar who doesn't sound, and he's great too. He's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. people were so pissed off with Van Halen because yeah, they yeah. wanted that sound. Yeah, that's his sound, right? That's his right. thing. Van Halen to me is, is Eddie Van, is uh, David Lee Roth. It's David not Lee Roth. Sammy Hagar. Right. Yeah. Yes, but we all said, okay, bring in Sammy did great. And which is out your position. So Nick leaves, he's Nick out. Yeah. And you're now brought in. I'm now brought in doing these auditions, two and a half hours, one day. Then I have to come back the next day and basically play again. And this time I'm playing for like three hours. You know, um, it's serious now. Now you know this is serious, right? It's serious because now what we're doing is jamming. Now we're jamming out. Track. I want to see how you can flow, basically. Yeah, how yeah, flow is, yeah. right? So we're, so we're, Jay's in there now because now Jay's singing and doing his thing, uh, which is great. Uh, and funnily, and, and the shock, you know, the shock to me was like, okay, we're going to do, I don't know, Too Young to Die. So of course I start playing, do, do, do. He picks up the mic, starts singing it. And I'm going, oh my gosh, that's the voice on the record. <laughs> so up until then, well, I didn't know. Yes, yeah, so you're trying to be cool that. about it, right? You're just trying yeah. to cool you're still yeah i'm saying cool. I'm going, oh my god that's the song. <laughs> that's the song. Oh, okay oh, oh that's the voice oh okay okay that's the song oh that's the song. <laughs> oh god okay yes it all the, t- the penny drops it all comes together um great time doing that and then we start to move on to other stuff and now i'm getting into the way that jay works uh kind of getting to know the right, the, this is the very start of like, I, I'm going to say a working relationship because we started doing uh, just these ideas just started, just started coming out different ideas, different, you know, different tempos, different beats, different, different grooves, chords, everything, you know, but it was really, really enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? I've never had, I'd never had so much fun at an audition because it was that whole freestyling thing, such an experience, such a really good, and to play with such great musicians. And we're all, and the good thing was, is that we're all, we all listen to the same type of music. So we're all into that, the disco funk, the, uh, the jazz funk thing, uh, similar artists. So we could all play in the same sort of vein. We're all on the same page. Does that make sense? I suppose that does make sense, right? Hundred percent. I totally get yeah. it. You're gelling. You're becoming a one unit, not separate. Yeah, exactly. And that's what if I was to see you as a band member, and knowing that I'm in the band playing, and you're taking Nick's spot, I would want you to be like he never left. Yeah. Not. Yeah. A square and a round circle. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want him to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, and then admittedly, when I did the audition, all I did was just hold the groove. Of course, I experimented a bit. I didn't go over the top. I just played the groove. I just grooved out and everybody, and we all just gelled. 
together really well. You know, Stuart, Toby. And I could tell like your manner is so relaxed. You didn't come in there with, you know, apprehension, you know, you're like super cool. And they, and that's another thing is, are you going to fit into our vibe? That's what they're thinking. You know, they had yeah. that discussion. You believe, be sure of it. I know I'm, I would. I'm sure, I'm sure they did. <laughs> is, is, yeah. he, is he uptight? Is he going to be cool with us? Yeah. You know, is he yeah. going to be able to deal? You know, they're thinking all that stuff because like a band is a family. Yeah, exactly. 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 Nobody understands that, people. That's a family thing. It's, it's a family like, thing. But I wasn't coming. In my mind, though, I wasn't thinking. I was just thinking I'm going to do some sessions with them. Do you see what I mean? That was my, that was my whole thing. My whole thing was like, okay, I'm going to go in and do a couple of sessions. And then I'd be going back to doing the urban species tour thing, you know? So I did the second, so I did the second audition and we started working on tracks. Uh, and one of the tracks we worked on was the first track you hear on the second album, which is called just another story. And that first track was written in the audition that I did. Which is, which is just like nuts. So let me ask the next question. Now, you're not only becoming a drummer with this band, now you're writing. Yeah, just my part. Yeah, <laughs> you but know. you're still writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, I'm writing with the band, yeah. You're writing with the band now. Yeah. So this is a yeah. different ball game. And so Now we're going and, to something different now, that's right. Right, you're not just being the session guy no more. Now you're becoming part of the team in a different yeah. way. And, and it was after that audition that they, that the manager rang me and said, you got the job. So consequently I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Now I'm going to have to kind of tell urban species now that I've got another job. So how did that go? They were right. They were cool because I actually found someone to replace me who was, you know, who was into the same vibe that I was and that could play the stuff and do all the beats, understood the electronics. So they were happy. They were cool. They were like, all right. You know, and they were fine. They were fine with it. You know, um, and then I, uh, and when I left, I then went to start recording uh, Space Cowboy with the, the album with Jamiroquai. So that was my kind of entry. That's my entry story into joining Jamiroquai, so to speak. That's that's my. Uh, well, it's a good story though. I mean, he had a long road to get to Jamiroquai. Yeah, very long, very long, long road. Yeah, the nice, exp great experiences, you know, up and downs, you know, mainly up though, I have to admit, mainly up. And, um, and, you know, I, and, you know, here I am today talking with you, Lenny. It's crazy. You know, I'm here. I am talking with you about my whole story and telling the people, um, and just sharing my story with you, you know, so, you know, I've got to say a big thank you to you, Lenny, for, for asking me to be on here because it's, uh, I really appreciate it. You know, I've never done this before. So oh, you have now, you're no more a virgin. You're now, <laughs> you are now a veteran. <laughs> so now let's, let's go on here a little bit. Cause we're getting there to the, yeah. you know, to the, you know, you're DJing of course and stuff. Yes. The second album you do, you start yeah. touring the world. How did life change for you as for you now? Okay. So now I'm in, so now I'm in a band. Now I don't know what the, um, what to expect. I actually don't know what to expect, to be honest, you know. 
So there's a big. Did you ask questions? Did you say anything? I'm just like getting fed this information from the manager. He says, right, this is what we're doing. Cause I'd never done this whole kind of big, massive tour thing, you know, big rehearsals, you know, like big rehearsal rooms, um, tour buses, tour, tour buses now. This is tour buses. We're not talking People, vans. No more bubbling squeak. He's having caviar and champagne. <laughs> We're on tour buses with beds and all the, the lounges and all you that. Kind that? Of stuff. He's like Florian Estefan level. He's from yeah, J yeah, yeah. J Lo. J Lo. These, like, these are like proper like double decker tour buses. Great, you know. Um, so you know, and we're doing the rehearsals. There's, you know, there's like there's horns. There's, you know, guitar, keyboard, everything. You know, and I've never done this size of rehearsal or anything before. And it's just a big, just a big thing for me. Just a big thing. And I'm when I when I joined Jamaica, I, nobody had heard of me. Nobody, nobody. Everybody was going, well, "Who's that? Who's that?" So, well, if you did your underground working you would have seen that i'd worked with in um with urban urban species who were big on that talking loud scene you know and i did a couple of recordings with them and stuff but still nobody heard of me but i just thought all right that's cool no worries but you know i just worked with them it just we toured we recorded the album recorded space cowboy um which was great love recording that that was such an amazing experience love that um and and did all those tracks that are on there, Manifest Destiny, uh, Light Years, all those tracks, you know, we did in this, in a studio in Kentish town, uh, in Battersea and Kentish town. Um, and a really good experience, you know, with a great engineer. Um, uh, and we toured and the tour was just like phenomenal. It was my first time of going to Japan. That was my first tour going to Japan as well. Um, for, you know, long, long haul flight, like my first long haul flights and stuff, you know, getting, filling out the, um, the visa forms, all that kind of stuff, you know, your life changed. You completely, completely, completely changed. I'm the neighborhood guy to I'm now Mr. International. It's a, <laughs> I don't know about international, but uh, yeah. Had James Bond to you, baby, babe. Come on, <laughs> love it, man. I just love, but um, but yeah. You and know, think about this: you're not driving the SUV anymore. And I'm not driving the SUV. I'm not going to be asked to drive. <laughs> you don't got to wait. You got to have a driver. You got to tune up. You got to set your own kit up, and you got to drive to the next destination. <laughs> now I had a big drum tech. I actually had a drum tech and everything. Did you make Drummer Magazine? Did you ever make it to like, to the, you know, those big mags? I made it to, I never made Modern Drummer. Never made Modern Drummer. I made it to Rhythm Magazine, uh, which is great. And then I've made it to uh, Drum in Japan. Got front cover on that. Got, that's nice. Got, that's a good feeling, right? Yeah. Got front cover on um, Rhythm Magazine, uh, which is based in the UK. Uh, but goes out worldwide. Uh, and then I got a few, and then I got um, percussion, uh, some sort of drums percussion magazine in France as well. Got okay. interviewed there. You know, so I, you know, I got, got, you know, it was, the profile was rising 
slowly, basically. It was rising so, slowly. The, the adage that we heard before is, who is he? It's no longer who is he. It's no. what is he doing now? What is he doing now? What I was doing was just be with Jamiroquai and just dedicating my life to that, which is great. And I love it. Love being in the band. It's fabulous. Really, honestly. Up until pandemic, are you still part of the band? Hmm. I'm just talking about pandemic has paused everybody, but... Yeah, 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 absolutely. I spoke to Jay yesterday. I speak to Jay just... Is Jay yesterday. preparing to go back out? Is that the thought? Is he, is he thinking about uh, it? We're preparing to... We'll most probably start a new album eventually. Very soon, I would have thought. Very, very soon. Yeah. Because we have to start at some point. We can't let this pandemic hold us down. Do you know what I mean? You know, we're not that kind of a band. You know, we, we are like, we need to work. We need to... Everybody needs to work. You know what I mean? We need, everybody. To, we need to do what we love. Because what we love is playing music. You know? Well, you're an entertainer. I mean, you guys are entertainers. If you're not entertaining, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And there's only, there's only so long you could stay off the scene for, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's only you could, it's only you could stay off the scene for. So, you know, I do that. Um, and hopefully we'll start that soon. But in the meantime, in the pandemic, you know, I've been doing the, the DJ thing. Yes, we all know. Everybody want to let you all know that he's been playing since yonder a long, long time when he played vinyl <laughs> records before he played digital tracks. Yes, I was, I was playing sound system with uh, Leroy and Steve. I did my, did the odd little appearance. They were the main guys. I just kind of just followed them about and did the odd spun the little vinyl now and again. But to be honest, I, my real DJ life took on, took off. We didn't even take off, got started. That's more. Uh, when I was in Japan touring the, doing the traveling without moving tour, basically. And I used to play it after show parties, I'd find a bar to go and play my CDs and, and mix CDs in and stuff and just entertain the troops afterwards. So let me ask you a DJ question. Yeah. Did you find it easier for you to beat mix because you had drumming experience with blending the records? Yes. I'm going to say yes to that. But anybody with rhythm could be a DJ. To be honest well it takes time to understand how to lock up the, the your, beat. your beats to get things to sound seen yeah. with the change so that's what i was asking so yeah i yeah i found it yeah easy i found it easy because in my head of course i'd heard other people do it but also i heard i could like play two in my mind i could play two records at once you know what i mean and listen to the beats and hear how they match together which is great you know so i do that you know, um, but because I wasn't really into it that much, and obviously I didn't do it that often, I just you do. I played like um, I would just play. I play selections, so I'd say this track will sound good after this track, but it wouldn't be a beat matching. It would just sound good after that track. Do you see what I mean? You know, um, but still, everybody would be dancing and having a really good time. So I was really so. I, as long as it worked, I was happy. And my first ever gig was at a small bar in Japan, believe it or not. How small? A small bar in Japan. How small? Oh, how small? Five people? No, about, I reckon it was a very, you know, Japan's like, right? It's only small, right? Maybe 150 people tops. Okay, so it's an intimate affair, basically. Yeah. So we'd done a gig in, 
were we in Tokyo? I think we were in Tokyo and we played at, I don't know if it was the Budokan or, or one of the bigger gigs. It was the big, you know, it was one of the bigger gigs. Might have been Osaka. No, no, we were in Tokyo. We played this gig. It must have been about 7,000 people there. And I'd said to Jay before the gig, I'm going to be playing at this bar afterwards. Come down, you know, we can have, we, you know, we can have like drinks and stuff and have a good time. The, the bar manager said, because I was down there the night before. He went, oh, great, cool, great stuff. So we do the gig. As we come off the stage, Jay announces that we're going to be down at this bar. <laughs> Everybody, right after <laughs> my drummer Derek is going to be spinning tunes for everybody at this bar in like, Nagasaki. I've just gone. Oh my god, the place! I just like, killed you know. it now. We're gonna have a ramrod tonight. It's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> be back. It's the place, and we've turned up. We've turned up at this at this club, at this bar, rather, rather, and the queue is so long. It was. It was absolutely... What time is your ear cut coming on? It, it was literally... You could just hear them saying it. What time is your tie? No, it, they, they didn't no, say that. that at all. It was just like, they were just waiting. Yeah, waiting for something big to happen now. You know, and they were just there. And then when we, and then came in and just started playing, man. And it was just, whoa, it was great. That was my first experience as DJing behind, you know, decks and, and doing my own gig, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, very interesting. That was good. And consequently, you know, I just, wherever else I could play, I just played. You know? And then you were just fishing out and working it out. And like everybody does, they find their way behind the decks. Yeah, exactly. It is but, but it wasn't consistent. It was just so, like now and again. So now that you're the illustrious drummer, top shelf guy, now that's doing the <laughs> so sort of the kind of next part of his journey, which is the DJing. Mm. When does the presenting begin for you? This radio presenting stuff. The radio presenting started, uh, came to me when I met, a. I was at ADE. I think it was the first year I met you. In fact, it was the first time I That's met right. you. That's right. I met you at the, uh, at the party I played That's at. Right. Yeah. At the uh, Victoria, the Victoria hotel in Amsterdam. Right. And, Correct. um, and, it was there that I met Brian Power, who's one of the, the main guys at my, my, my house, my soul um, radio. And I just met him at the bar. Actually didn't know who he was. Again, you know, when you meet people, you don't know who they are. All right, mate. How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. All right. Yeah, all right. What's your name? Derek. What's your name? Brian. Oh, cool. What do you do? I'm, like, I'm a drummer. You know, all that, kind of, all that exchanging banter. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so you play professionally or not? Yeah, it's yeah, all that kind of stuff, them, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they don't know you play with Jamiroquai. You no. tickle with it. You're like, yeah, yeah, and you're playing yeah. along. I get it. I didn't. I did. I kind of ran along, ran along. Didn't didn't reveal that bit. Didn't reveal that bit. And then I revealed that bit. And then he said to me, "Oh, do you fancy coming on and doing a radio show?" I'm like, Ooh, "Absolutely yeah. no way." <laughs> exactly. That was my reaction. I'm like, yeah, I said thinking, because you're not thinking on that level. What? Oh my God! What radio show? You're off your mind. It's nuts. I'd never do that. Um, so he, he said, "You'll be fine." Honestly, honestly, you'll be fine. You'll be great. Honestly, you'll be good. Uh, so we took my number. We, we came. We, we came back to the UK. He sent me a couple of messages. Didn't hear from him for about a year. And then Steve Taylor 
who you know, right? Steve Taylor then invites me as a guest on his show on My House Radio and says, come and do a 30 minute mix. So it, Steve was the one that brought me in to my house. And then from there. Now, uh, that ain't a true house story, right? It's a true house story. <laughs> so, you know, thanks to Stevie T, Stevie Taylor, he was the one that introduced me to that whole kind of radio kind of atmosphere uh, 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 scenario, you know. Uh, and he was, I mean, Steve's really good at it. He's fantastic. Um, and so he said, yeah, it's great. Went down really well. Everything was fine. Da, 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 da. Another year, I don't, then I don't do nothing for ages for about another year. Uh, and then not a lot, obviously, AD didn't take part, no, didn't take place last year. But the year before, I then bumped into Brian again. And Brian then heard me playing, spinning at uh, the Hoxton in Amsterdam. He heard me spinning at the, at the Hoxton, playing Soulful House. Okay. Directly after him. And he just came up to me and he said, my goodness, really love what you play. Love the way you play. Do you fancy coming on the radio show? I'm like, uh, yeah, all right then. When if you've got a space, I'll do it, you know. Um, so he said, yeah, all right, no worries. I'll get in contact. Didn't hear from him until last year, February. He says, oh, Roy, Roy Marsh is going to get in contact with you. But I didn't know that Roy. Now, Roy Marsh, I've known since I joined Jamiroquai. But I didn't know that he worked at my house. And Roy rang me up and I thought Roy was ringing up for, I don't know, whatever, just to chat, say hello. And he goes, oh, Derek, I work at my house radio. Uh, do you fancy coming and doing, doing a spin? Do you fancy doing a radio show weekly? I'm like, I haven't even done one yet. <laughs> he goes, you'll be fine. Don't worry. You'll be all right. You'll be fine. You'd be good. Um, I went, oh, all right, then go on and let me go. When do you want me to play? He goes, oh, we play next week. Okay. All right, fine. I'll do that. So remember, my house is just starting up. It's just starting up in like kind of last year, January, February time. He then calls me up like literally the next day after he's called me, he then goes, goes, Derek, have you got anything that I can, that I can use like a two hour set? He just rings me up and just says, have you got a two hour set? I went, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I haven't done anything. I said, I've got like a tech house and like a Jack in house set that I can, that I could spin that I could like send you because yeah, send it fine. So I emailed it to him and he played it and, and he said it was really good. Went down well, people were listening to it and stuff. And he said, right, as of next week, doing a regular show. And that was February of last year. And I've been doing, and I started off doing, and I still am doing, um, every Wednesday, uh, I was doing Wednesdays three till five every Wednesday and compiling the shows. And then of course, you know, the pandemic hit. So then everything shut down. Um, so I've just been doing everything from home on this glorious mic. Remote, right? Yeah. Remote working. Hey, that's where everybody's working right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's working. It's, you know, it, and you know what, you know, I have to give thanks to, to, to obviously to God, you know what I mean? For bringing me down this path, you know, I'm in mean, a really good path and keeping my mind sane, calm and peaceful. But I also got to give thanks to, you know, like Brian Power, Roy Marsh, Stevie Taylor, Richard Earnshaw. Do you know what I mean? These guys were the guys that kind of, kind of boosted me to, or encouraged me to do the radio thing, to do more of the production, to do more of that. Um, 
the DJ thing, you know, and with iCulture, you know, Steve and Richard set me up with gigs to play with them as well, you know, doing a residency in London, um, which was great, which I had lots and lots of fun with. Um, uh, here we go. Ooh, ooh. Debbie, somebody wants my T-shirt, Lenny. <laughs> I just hit that disconnect so fast, couldn't hit the button. That is the most I've ever heard your phone go in any interview, Lenny. I'm not, not going to lie. I don't know why. It shouldn't even be going off. Is it me or is it the inauguration? It's the inauguration. Or is it, is it that I'm t-shirt? I'm so happy to call me. <laughs> or somebody saying, get him off. No, they don't know I'm on. Some people don't know I'm on, on live right now. So oh. it is what it is. We got to deal with it. Sorry, this is what we call home box office TV. Home box office, self-management. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a control studio. Stop it. I'm, I'm the control. I'm everything. I got the gears, you know? <laughs> Excellent. Oh, you know, you're working on, you, you know, there's a thing called, you know, there's a virus I have. It's called. <laughs> it's called, it's an Italian virus. It's called Funzalo. Funzalo. When you don't have money to work with, this is how you work. Funzalo. The only way to fix it is get a job. <laughs> So, so you've been working with the road mic, which I'm so happy he connected today for us. Yeah, I connected this just for your just for your interview. And it Benny, sounds like he's on the radio right from my house, right? Yeah, right, my house radio. We love my house radio. Yeah, you guys are a big sponsor, support, yeah. and everything. You play all our music. I can't yeah, thank you all enough. Thank you, man. No, thank you for like you know asking me on here. And, I got news for you. I think you covered a lot for us today. Uh, well, it's not, have you got another? How long we got? Oh. Remember, you worried about filming two hours, and that's why I'm at the point now where I have to say one last question. Tell me, ask me, ask away. When pandemic is over, what's the plan? Pandemic is over. What's the plan? At the minute, I'm working on some tracks here at home, um, and fingers crossed, get together with the band and start doing some bits, uh, get that rolling. Um, definitely DJs do the guest mix stuff. Um, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm just into writing and production at, at, at the minute. So beautiful, beautiful. So I, you know, and I'm, and I'm really enjoying it as well. You know, I'm working with, you know, I've worked with, you know, with, you know, cause I've had a couple of releases last year with Lorraine McIntosh. I did that Latino track, um, Afrotino and I did, um, uh, the track with Joy Rose, Love Yourself, which went really well. And that was out in Groove Culture. So, that, you know, and those guys have been amazing. They've been really good. Support. Good guys. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, the Italian guys. Very good yeah. guys. Really, really good. Really, really good. You know. Michele, uh, Michele and his partner. Michele and, and, and Andrea Tenici. Andrea Tenici, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. Who is an amazing engineer, mixer and master, by the way. He's fab. You nurse. All the stuff you hear, that's him. It's great. Really good. So yeah, so I'm just gonna be doing that. Just and working more with Joy, working more with Lorraine, uh, and uh a couple of other people. I'm working with at the minute, I'm working with Jay Criv. You know Jay Criv, right? Yes, from from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a track I'm doing a track He's with been Jay. on here too. He's done a great interview for us. Oh, Ah, very good we love jay man he's he's a he's a great great Get musician the cat fabulous musician 
and the stuff he does with um with Adeline and 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 Studio Fifty Four and all that, just whoa, just very earthy sounding. Very yeah, strange. man, love that, love that. You know, somebody asked me a question for you. How do you feel about you being a drummer? Um, sampled sounds and sampled drum beats posed to having a live drummer on a track on these recordings. How do you feel about that? What, about having programs? Yeah, yeah in other words, in other words, that you know, you could do this, you know, for someone or someone using a loop. Do you feel a bit slighted? You know? No, no. Do you know what? It, I think it all depends on the actual, the producer or the writer or what vibe they want. Do you know what I mean? You know, I'm, I use loops to be honest with you. You know, I use loops sometimes, but I only use loops to get the vibe up of the track. Just, just that's it. I don't feel bad about it or anything. In fact, what I do is I use it to my advantage. So if somebody has, if somebody says to me, Derek, we've got this track. There's a loop. This is what you've got to play. I'd play along to the loop. Then I'd say to them, look, I'll tell you what, let me suggest something. Why don't you cut the loop up and use elements of it against what I'm playing? Then that gotcha. way they've still got, do you know what I mean? You know, I, yeah, I of work, course. I work, you, you I work with them. Artistic. You're doing it more for an artistic. Yeah. And it's an artistic thing. yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with samples and stuff like that, but I tell you one thing I do, I do have a problem with is how everyone are doing. Everyone's doing edits. What is it with people doing edits? So they take a song and they, what they call it an edit, but all they've put on it is a kick drum and a tambourine. And then they call it either a remix or an edit. And I'm like, no, it's not. You've blatantly taken the track and just added a kick drum and a tambourine. And then they're putting their name to it. I don't get that. It's a quick flash in the pan to get themselves known. Maybe. Anyway, there's a lot of it being done. <laughs> Not just <laughs> for a long time. The, 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 the little, like you'll hear a whole Earth, Wind and Fire song. With the, with the, um, with the, um. With the song in it, with the full song, the bass, the, the, the drums, the everything. With the kick drum and a hi-hat on the top. You know. All right, it takes a little bit of effort to write an original song, but it's always worth it in the end when you come up with your own material. Or use or use a song to start to influence you. Do you know what I mean? Right. Use it, use it to influence no, you. No, 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 no. These guys then you could take out then you could take it out and then just carry on the carry on the vibe, you know. Um listen, I'm known for that. You know, I'm you know, I use I listen to a track. I get inspired by that track, but I don't copy the track. I just use it as an inspiration for a, for a vibe. Yeah, but you're a musician. A lot of guys doing this and that music, music, musician based. These are, these are guys that are just looking for a quick, I mean, I want to put them down because it is an artistic way of looking at it. Yeah, so what's it is, happening it is, is they're way. taking a track, they're taking a track that's pretty much done. Yeah. And they're just hyping it up with a low kick and giving it a fresh top high end. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But ask them to make that record, they couldn't do it. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, admittedly, though, some of it is good. Yeah, it's kind some of a little bit tougher. It gives, it gives a, a, a chance for a record like that to come back out and make some noise again. Yeah, you know, yeah. There is yeah. some positives. 
it's it, it's great it's really good to hear those old school tracks um what would really be good is if they sometimes credit the people who did the original tracks <laughs> absolutely not it's just like why don't you credit the person that actually did the original track do you know what i mean you know credit no credit. but it's the problem you know what i mean let me explain everyone why they're not crediting the track because then you have to clear it. Of course, ah, of course you do. You cannot get them. clearances on these records. These are records that major labels own. Most of the time, it'd be like like Jay's record, like emergency, yeah. like for example, like Space Cowboy. Yeah. Re-editing yeah. the David Morales remix, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's not called Jamiroquai. Now it's called Tommy Kwai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dirty Cowboy, right? Yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? Something, or, yeah. or a Happy Cowboy, right? And then all of a sudden, the Thick and Thin Mix in parentheses, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. people hear it, you go, wait a minute. But that's that's David Morales, Jamiroquai, record I wrote. Whoa. Da, 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 Jay da, da, da. singing on it. Yeah. And how, yeah. Does, and how do you think he's going to feel if that was the case? Well, well this, is, this is the thing, isn't it? You know. Now it's going to be like, called an injunction now yeah then it all starts getting so really you imagine if you name jamiroquai space cowboy you have unauthorized permission permission yeah no permission to put it out you yeah. put it out copyright infringement this is what was what's going on what's going on yeah oh well well hopefully you know we'll start to hear some more original tracks you know but also in the same breath i can actually say and I'm holding my hands up for this. I play some of those tracks that have been rehashed, so to speak, you know, with the kick drums and the hi-hats and whatever, and the re-edits chopping them up. And some of them sound brilliant. I bet they do. But that's, that's the price you pay, though, when you play around with the major stuff that's already published. Yeah. You know, it's someone's work. It's yeah. like anything. They should be properly credited and properly paid, but it's yeah, just yeah. what it came that's in. That's right. That's right. But, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I think eventually it will come around to people just start making original music again. I really do believe that, you know, because especially, you know, I mean, DJs, DJs have a different way of looking at doing music. So they should use that to create this original stuff because there's, there's so many talented DJs out there. There's so many. Yeah, but it's very expensive now to get musicians in and... and you can do it all in a box. You can do it all in your laptop. Well, if you know how to do it, sure. But a lot of people don't know how to do that stuff. Mm. Okay. Well, if we can work Ableton, what logic? Well, if you... Yeah, but you got to also be to be able to do the whole thing in the box. you got to have keyboard yeah. skills, a musical background. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, dragging and dropping loops is one thing. But when you're talking about actually playing a Rhodes part and doing a change yeah. for a bridge, a chorus, verse, yeah. you got to know kind of some sort of musical training, something to be able to play it. Or oh, get a really good keyboard player. Oh, to really good, get, get really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is the other side of it. Yeah. And that's that it. You know, I have to thank you. You've been absolutely refreshing. Thank you lady giving us an education from a from a musician standpoint no worries man your trip was absolutely <laughs> funky and amazing i try i try i just want to thank you lenny and karen Karen's um, amazing i know she's, uh, she's fantastic she's just set all this up she's really really good 
uh, thanks for having me. You've made me feel very comfortable. Um, and, you know, I can't believe that two hours has gone by. Oh, so. you, you still got another hour to tell us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's already getting late. It's 9.15 in the UK. People are tired. They're done. They can't <laughs> keep them forever. I, I want to let everybody know that next week we got, you know, we talk about the Jamiroquai story. Well, yeah. we got the remixer to the big hit of Space Cowboy, oh. Kings of House Music. David. That would be David Morales. Nice. nice. Tell him New I said York hello. City, King of House, legendary DJ, one of the greatest remixers of our generation. Fantastic. He's a great guy. It's just so funny. We're talking about the Jamiroquai story <laughs> here in Space Cowboy, and I can just hear that his mix was one of those records that it's a great mix wow. by the way it's a fantastic mix i love it i love it i just you know a big thank you to you know yourself karen everyone that you know supports me as a dj me as a musician you know all my family all the fans oh my goodness i would not be here without you guys so thank you very very much you guys are great. I know. Absolutely. And you know what? I say it every week. Without them, there's no us. Brother. Really? Absolutely. There's no us. And I want to thank one more time. Remember, this Saturday, tune in for Sal Kimona Presents, Hippie Torales and Ray Vasquez. This Saturday, January 23rd at 2 o'clock on 8... That's New York time, 8 o'clock Italy time, 7 o'clock UK time on hmconair.com forward slash the banger podcast that's hippie Torales and ray vasquez that's a new jersey brooklyn affair coming live at you right on the banger podcast yep and that wraps it for me and thank i you. killed this man and thank you so much check us out on on podcast follow us on youtube Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming at you. And once, yeah. thank you, my brother. Have thank a good you. night. Thanks, man. Take care. See you later. Thank you, brother.